This episode of the Smalltrish Media Podcast is sponsored by Tidely. Now, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a different intro for Tidely than what we have done, because check this out. Tidely has so many different products and offerings that they have, such as messaging and church management software and event management and media for your sermons and all this other stuff. But the main thing I want to focus on right now with Tidely is their giving platform, because the amazing thing with the Tidely giving platform is it gives you the abilities of pretty much every single other app out there, such as text to give have your own app, it syncs with your church management software. You can quickly put donation forms on your website. And the thing that I love the most about Tidely is it's completely free to set up. They do have some fees. It's like 2.9% plus 30 cents, which is standard across the board for all credit card fees. But the crazy thing is they have a cover the fees program, which allowed those giving the options to increase their gift by enough to cover the processing fees. So what that means is if you have in your church, 50 people all giving online, every single person is covering the fees, you are losing zero dollars on your online giving. It's the best deal in all of texting and giving softwares, text to give softwares more so. So check out Tidely over at smallchurch.media forward slash Tidely to learn how you could set this up for your church for completely free. Today, we're jumping back into the website conversation and talking about how to create a visitor pipeline on your website. You ready to talk about it? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is good, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. If you are a college football fan, man, I hope you enjoyed this weekend's games with Tennessee toppling Alabama. Now, this game has a big importance to me for two different reasons. One, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so we just hate Bama. (laughs) And number two, my wife is from Knoxville, Tennessee. So we had a big big time. Not a big time because we didn't have a big time. That's Rocky Top. Rocky Top's big time. But we had a big poll of wanting to see Tennessee topple Alabama. And we saw that. And my wife and I, we actually went to the Notre Dame versus Stanford game over the weekend to watch Notre Dame just humiliate themselves. Oh, goodness. uh, (laughs) I'm curious to see how much longer Marcus Freeman is going to be with us here at Notre Dame. But let's just be honest. You guys did not come here to listen to me talk about college football. You came here to talk about what's going on in the media world regarding small churches and specifically what we can do media-wise for your small church to encourage and grow the faith of your congregation and reach outside the four walls of your church. If this is the first time for you jumping on here with the podcast, we are in the middle of a series. This is actually week, or I guess we can call it week because y'all pastors, but week five of the series about websites for churches. So far, we've talked about the different types of website builders out there and how to choose the right one. Second, we talked about what is WordPress and should you use it for your church? The third one is what are different website visitors and how you can serve each one of them? Last week, we talked about how to turn your website into the central hub for your church. And this week, we're talking about how to create a visitor pipeline for your church, not for your church, that's not true. How to create a visitor pipeline on your website for your visitors. We'll talk about that here in just a second, but I wanna remind you of our secondary sponsor here on the show, which is Sermon Shots. TikTok and Instagram reels are blowing up all over the place. And if you want to have an easy tool to help you create amazing TikToks and reels and other videos for your social media, check out Sermon Shots. You can import your sermons, chop it down, put it into a background, and put some caption over 
the actual sermon video. It's kind of like a Canva for sermon reels. So if you want to learn more about sermon shots, make sure you go to smallchurch.media, our website, smallchurch.media forward slash sermon shots. And if you mention the coupon code SCMP30, Small Church Media Podcast 30 to whoever you're talking to, or if you want to put your credit card information in, Small Church Media Podcast listeners get 30 days free. So you have nothing to lose. So go to smallchurch.media forward slash sermon shots, hit that contact button, and you will get in touch with the amazing people over there at Sermon Shots. So today, we're talking about how to create a visitor pipeline for your website. Now, I do want to just lead with this, all right? There's two different terminologies that people use regarding this style of conversation. One of them is more of a funnel, all right? You'll see like click funnels and lead funnels and visitor funnels and pipeline funnels. I'm going to be using that term interchangeably with the idea of a pipeline for this conversation. Because at the end of the day, the whole purpose of a visitor pipeline is simply a path where you have people travel to get them to your desired outcome. Same idea with a pipeline for oil or for water or for whatever. We just didn't, we accidentally touched politics a little bit there. But, but, <laughs> but a pipeline literally is to get something from point A to point B in the path that we want them to go. In the same way, when you bring water Water into your house, you want it to go to certain showers, you got to have a pipeline to get to those, or if not, it will just come into the house and then it's just absolutely worthless. The same thing is true on your website. You need to have a visitor pipeline on your website to get them from point A to the desired outcome of point B. But today, we're not talking about just how to talk to these different people, all right? We're going to talk about the different types of pipelines or the other terminology, the, the, the three different types of funnels that you can use for your church to gather people into a desired outcome. The first two probably will make sense in your head, and you probably heard me talk about the first two, but the third one I am really excited about because literally most churches don't do this. In fact, I was just watching a YouTube video with another church communications guy, and he's a big-time church communications guy, and he flat out said, like, I think he said out of all the mega church websites he visited, only like one mega church is going to do what we're going to talk about, what you can do for your small church with pipeline number three. But before we get into that, we're first going to ask the question, and, and, and I'm going to read a quote here about what is a visitor pipeline? I have an article here called Website Conversion Funnel from crazyegg.com. And I'm gonna read this a little bit to kind of set the stage for what we're gonna be talking about, all right? So it says, a conversion funnel is a way to visualize the flow and conversion path of potential customers into paying customers. These visitors can be generated through a variety of methods such as SEO, content marketing, social media, paid ads, and even cold outreach. If you can understand and analyze the process, then you can take actions to improve that flow. And then it says, this is a very simple visual visualization showing the main four steps in the process. And I'm going to include this link in the show notes where you can click that and see what the actual visual... Um, what is it? I guess it's just an image. It's just an image of, of the funnel. But these are the four main steps in a conversion funnel. The first, your potential customer becomes aware of you and your product. Second, you build interest in your product. Notice the funnel's getting smaller because not everyone who is aware of your product will have interest. Third, you need to plant the seed of desire for your own product or service. Once again, the funnel gets smaller because you can't expect everyone who is interested to actually desire your product. And finally, ask for action. 
As an example, the action might be to buy something or sign up for an email list. This is the smallest part of the funnel because only a small percentage of the original potential customers will take action. So when you're talking about a business mindset about how to get people from just cold landing on your website to then becoming customers, you want to get them into this funnel as fast as humanly possible. And the same goes true for us as churches. But before we get into it, the question then is, so how do businesses create visitor pipelines? Because the goal of a business is to do one of two things. It's for people to contact the business to set up a service or a um, whatever type of thing you have. If you want to set up some type of phone company, or a point of sale system in your business, you basically want people to contact you to talk through about having it, or you want people to purchase something. So how do business create? How do businesses create visitor pipelines in order to do these two things, to contact or purchase? The first one regarding phone calls and emails to learn more. Generally, a business's goal is to put so much confidence in the website and therefore give confidence in the website user that the website user wants to take a next step. And to make this happen, businesses need to make it extremely easy and efficient to call or email the business. But what if this business is an e-commerce store, all right? An e-commerce website is so much different than a service-based business because the goal of an e-commerce is to get you to buy, buy, buy. So what do they do? They promote on social media. They run ads after you visit your their website. And maybe you notice that if you go to northface.com, look for a jacket, hop off, you'll start seeing Facebook ads for North Face because um, they have a Facebook pixel and they're literally tracking you. Um, <laughs> maybe they're running ads on Google or it's just cold leads from Google searches. Then when you're on the website, they want to make you feel special, like you're getting something out of it. Often you'll see a give us your email for 10% off your next purchase. Why? Because your email address is extremely valuable to them because when they got your email address, they can now contact you, send you featured deals and promotions, and hopefully turn you into a repeat customer. You might be seeing where I'm going with this conversation. Now, I want to step into the blogging world a little bit as well for websites because part of my business is I create blogs for bloggers. And the goal of a blog is very, very simple. The goal of a blog is to get people to view more than just one post and also to get people to come back and view more posts. Blogs tend to have the highest bounce rates of all websites. In other words, someone goes to the website and then they don't go to another page, they just leave. But generally, people are looking for a post on a particular question that they Googled, whether education, advice, or food. Because when people want answers to their questions, they're just gonna go there once and then leave. So what a good blog does is they have links all throughout the page, linking to other pages to keep people engaged on the website longer. At the bottom of each post, there's other posts that they might enjoy. And ultimately, though, a blogger's goal is to get the user to subscribe to their email list because chances are, if you pop on their blog for that post and then move on with your life, you may not go back to that blog. So you want to collect people's email addresses. So here's the question. Why did I bring these two industries up and what can we learn from these two industries? And the answer is very simple. People, uh, people's email and contact information is an invaluable resource that you can connect, follow up, engage, and turn people from visitor to engaged follower because you may only have one 
shop. And I believe that a church website can be more than just a business card for the church, but you can start using your website to connect, follow up, engage, and in turn people from website visitors into attenders and maybe even followers of Jesus and become members of your church because they may only have, or they may only be on your website one time and you may only have one shot. So here's a question that we're going to talk about today is, can a church create a visitor pipeline and what types of pipelines or funnels can we as a church create in order to constantly follow up with our website visitors? And I believe that there are three pipelines that churches can create with their website in order to best serve the people who land on their website. Pipeline or funnel number one is just simply get people to come to church. Pipeline number two, get people's contact information from an event signup. Pipeline number three, <laughs> actually, I'm going to make you wait till we get to that one and tell you what pipeline number three is. So let's talk about pipeline number one really quick. And that's simply get people to come to church. Now, we talked about this a lot two episodes ago here on the Small Church Media Podcast, where we talked about different website visitors and how to serve them. And we went pretty deep into that conversation on that episode. And I honestly don't want to rehash all of that here because we can be here for a long time. But here's the thought, all right? You want people to come to your church. How do, um, how, how do you do do this to people to show up. Let's back that up because I just fumbled all over my words. Here's how you get people to come to your church is you show people your church with pictures and videos. You tell people what's in it for them regarding the church. This is talking about your ministries, your program, community events, et cetera, et cetera. And then hopefully the goal is to get them to land on your plan a visit page where you can help people prepare to visit your church. Because when people land on your website, they might be wanting to attend your church. And so you wanna get them into that funnel as quickly as possible to get them to come to your church. We talked about that a ton two weeks ago. So go back into there, but we talked about the different types of people and how to reach them using your website. So that was pipeline slash funnel number one is simply the people who you need to get to come to the church. Pipeline number two is get people's contact information from an event signup. So here as churches, we do events all the time, right? Christmas Eve services, fall festivals, vacation Bible schools, carnivals, mission trip, block parties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People are coming to our churches and events, but are you using that time to collect people's contact information? Because here's two different ways, all right? Well, before I get to two different ways, my question first though, is if people actually do come to your event, are you collecting their emails, their phone numbers, their addresses, their family information? And the answer to so many of your events is simply yes. If people sign up for an event or they're dropping off their kid or they got a VBS, you generally get their contact information as a way to A, follow up, but then B, also just to have emergency contact information. So my question then is, what have you done with all of that information and how are you using that information? Because here's the deal, right? When people come to your church to get information, they generally are to get information and go to an event. They give you your information. What are you doing with that? First, you probably should have a church management software where you can gather all this information. And this is probably like, honestly, honestly, goodness. If you don't have a church management software, you got to get one just to get all these people information and to sort them into groups. But there's many other things that you can do with this information, such as put it into an email management software like MailerLite or MailChimp or ConvertKit or Constant Contact so that you can send out emails and then not just send out emails to these people, but here's where it gets awesome. You can track 
open rates. Let's see who opens emails. When I send out emails from the Small Church Media Podcast, they come from MailerLite. And yes, I can see how many people have opened the email, how many people have clicked on the email. And fun fact, I can even see if you specifically open my email. Now, granted, a lot of stuff with the newest iOS and Apple software, and even Gmail starting to do this too, where they're starting to spoof IP addresses where it just says, yeah, they open, but I can't tell who it is. But either way, you can at least track open rates to see if people are even opening the emails after you have those conversations. Another thing you can do is put this information into a texting software like Text in Church or Pastors Line to reach out to those people using SMS text messages. Now, many times there's integrations between church management softwares and email and texting softwares, but you need to first look at what integrates with your software. But here, my question is simple, all right? People are coming to your events. Are you taking advantage of them just simply giving you your information? Now, you might be sitting here thinking, Mark, um, you talk about people coming to our events. How on earth do our websites actually play a role in this? And the answer is very, very simple. For every single event you do, push people to your webpage. Now, sure, have a Google, or not Google, I'm sorry, have a Facebook event, but say more information can be found here on the link. Any Facebook ad you run, push them to your website and start doing pre-registration for those events. You could do something as simple as say, every person who... Uh, who, who pre-registers for the event will be entered into a giveaway. Or honestly, for VBS, our push was always just, hey, do you want to save 15 minutes when you on the first night of VBS? Pre-register, you will beat the entire manual check-in line. And people jumped on that super, super quick because they're already checked in. We checked them off and they were off to the races. But use your website for people who are already wanting to come to your event to then pre-register so you can gather their event. And then during the actual event, collect people's information using a maybe a paper form, and then you can put those in your church management software, or actually use an iPad and computer to sign up if your if your church management software does this, or if not, use the exact same page and contact form to have people sign in that way digitally. So now you can gather their resources, and what's even cooler is they can visually see your website now, so they can see the logo, they can see the header. Now they're not going to interact with the website, but you can just say, "Hey, you're going to register on the website next event." It's literally the exact same process, so that the next time you have an event. You tell them about the event, you then link to your church website to gather those pre-registrations. Now, I'm gonna go a little deeper into this conversation, maybe more than I should, but the question then is, what do you do with this information now that you have it with this specific group? If you wanna get their information, get pre-registrations, that's the easiest way to do this pipeline. But I have four rules for you. This is bonus, all right? This is not part of the website pipeline conversation. Here's four rules that you need to follow with having these these uh, these types of website people's information. That was a really bad transition, but here we go. Rule number one is simple. Do not put these people into your general church communication because they will tune you out so stinking fast. This happened to me at other churches when I just go there for children's programs or a fall festival, or we just wanted to visit another church with our friends that, you know, that's down the road and we want to be with them for that Sunday. I was put into these church email blasts and I unsubscribed so stinking fast. And that church has never contacted me again because they used my information wrong. So rule number two then is email or text these people anytime you have a, ready? Not just any event, but a similar event. If you had a VBS, well then 
text them or email them about an Awana program because that just is a logical next step. If it's a block party and people are entering for a giveaway, let them know about the next community event that is going on. If it's a Christmas Eve service and they haven't come back for a while, invite them back to the kickoff service on the first weekend of January or maybe even the Easter services. But you wanna make sure you group people into similar event categories. And we've talked about this in other episodes here on the podcast, but you want to make sure that you email or text those people anytime you have a similar event. Rule number three, email these people with content that may actually impact their lives. For example, if people are coming to your VBS, they got kids, they got questions. You can email them content or a sermon that you maybe have preached or content you created around that area of life. Just don't think of a ways, oh, we have their email address to invite them. Use that email address to engage with that person because that's the goal is engagement. And then rule number four is please, please do not contact these people often. The last thing you want is to be viewed as spammy and annoying and then completely lose another opportunity to contact these people. Contact these people wisely. We read in the Bible, again, not to hyper-spiritualize it, but Jesus was gentle as a dove, but sly as a serpent. You need to be gentle in all your communication, but you need to be wise in how you actually do it. Maybe that was a really bad verse in transition, and if it was, please forgive me for that. But but when you got these people's information from pipeline number two, be wise with how you use your information, but use your church management software to put them into other different groups. I talked about that here on the show. So go to the show notes and I will link that podcast episode with that episode so you can learn more about how to properly set up your church communication uh, church communication software, which is a workshop that I actually did for church communications, which was a lot of fun. All right, so so far we talked about the main two pipelines, all right, that you maybe already already do for your church. The first one is the pipeline or funnel to just get people to show up to your church. The second one is to then have people show up to other similar events. We Maybe you do that already. But then the third one, this is the one that I've not told you about. This is the reason why you're here right now. And this pipeline is very simple, all right? And that pipeline is simply get people's contact information using a free download on the website. Do you get that? Gather and get people's contact information using a free download on your website. Now, this idea takes some work, but something that, again, most churches, even massive churches and mega churches don't do. And it's so, so easy to set up again, but it just takes work and time to do that. And that's simply to give a free download in exchange for people's email addresses. Because on your website, if you simply have a contact form, it's like, hey, stay in the loops, get all of our e-news, That works well for your church people, but visitors don't want to have their email box flooded. Their email ad box, their email box is probably already flooded as it is. So someone's email address is a modern day currency. And so many times we just want people to give us their email addresses and they're like, no, 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 no. However, if you give them and a really amazing free download in exchange for their email address and contact form, they most likely will give it to you. Because again, this is a different pipeline for a different group of people. The first pipeline focuses on people who are visiting your church and the goal is to get them to church. That's the goal. Remember, each funnel has a goal. The second one is to get them to come back to event. The third one though, is simply to give or simply get their email addresses. And you see this strategy used all the time in the business world and blogging world. So my question is, is why can't we use this in the church world? When people come 
to your website, they have questions, and they want to see if you and your church can answer these questions. Questions like, is God real? How do you have hope during hopeless times? How do you parent a challenging kid? Can religion help me? And my question is, is do you have answers to questions like this? To which you probably answered in your head, yeah, yeah, Mark, I've maybe I've preached a sermon on it. We've had Bible studies on it. All of life's big questions, I have an answer for. So my question is, is why not simply just give people the answer to the questions they are asking in exchange for their email address. You can have a pop-up on your website that says something like, download a free ebook where we give you five reasons why Jesus came and died. You ready? For you. Don't make it generic. Talk directly to the website visitor. Download a free ebook where we give you five reasons why Jesus came and died for you. Or another one that's really great is for, uh, for Easter is four reasons that we believe the resurrection actually happened. Set up these free downloadable PDS free ebooks where when people give you their email address, they simply get an email in return with the link to that ebook, or you can simply take them to another page on your website where maybe you have a little like welcome video or thank you video from you. Oh, this would be dope. Have a separate page where you have a thank you video right there with a big button that says download your free resource or free book. You can do this with video series. You can do this with different conversations, with podcasts, but free downloadable PDFs with amazing graphics is simply the way businesses are going right now. So why can't we do this at church? So check this out. If people are coming to your website and you instantly start pouring into their lives and into their soul and meeting them there where they are at, what are the chances that they might actually show up to your church? What are the chances that they'll be more receptive of you following up with them rather than a cold lead? What are the chances that even if you didn't continue walking with them, but maybe you planted a seed that another church can water? The answer to all these questions is super high. So what are you going to do? These are the three visitor pipelines that you can create on your website. Pipeline number one is generally the goal of 100% of churches who have a website, probably you included. And if you don't have a plan your visit page to get that funnel going, I wanna challenge you. This week, create a plan your visit page for your church website, where at the bottom, again, you have a contact form. Pipeline number two can be a new pipeline that maybe you've never done before with events where you are creating pages on your website for every single event that you do. If you have a WordPress uh, if you have a WordPress website, you can have plugins that easily create this for you, but you don't need to do that. If you have Squarespace or whatever, just create a new page for that event where you have all the information and times. And remember, pre-registration for that event. But pipeline number three, if you ask me, is a revolutionary concept for churches if we start doing this right now. So if you wanna create the pipeline number three or the funnel you know, funnel number three for your church where you give something away in exchange for visitors' um, contact information, it will take some work. So here's what you can do to start with this visitor pipeline. The first thing you need to do is create an irresistible download. In the business world, we call this an, a lead magnet. And, and one of my favorite entrepreneurs, Amy Porterfield, she says an irresistible lead magnet. So Keep it simple, create an irresistible download that people who ready don't follow Jesus would want. 
okay? Because if you're answering questions that people who don't follow Jesus want, chances are your church people might want that as well. And then if they're talking with other people, you could, they can say, hey, our church has this amazing resource. Let's just go to the website. You just put in your contact information and we'll get you that resource to you really, really quick. It could also be used as a invitation tool, which is super awesome. But either way, create an irresistible download that people who do not follow Jesus would want to read or view. Then you have to set up a way for people to give you their email address and you email them the download. Or again, you collect their email address that sends them to another page on your website where you thank them and then they can download it right there as well. Now, we call this an email automation sequence and all major email platforms do it. In the show notes, I'll leave a link for like, for, like from MailerLite, which is my personal email platform. And if you get an email from the Small Church Media Podcast, that's where I send it all from is MailerLite. You can set all this up where you could have them power the pop-up or contact form on your website. But first, make sure you check with your church management software because the best thing you can do is create integrations where if someone does it and collect the download, they instantly go into a very specific group that then you can follow up with it. But here's a note, all right? So in this sign-up, collect only the first name, all right? Or you can just say name. If they put in their first name or first uh, first name or full name, whatever. But do not have a first and then a last name. Have one box for just name. And then another box for only their email address. But I would also include, this is a little bonus, all right? Include a checks box that asks the question, are you a insert your city local. Like, are you a South Bend local or whatever terminology you use? Are you a Knoxville native? Because if it's someone from out of state, you will need to follow up with them differently than if they're local to your community. Then the last thing you need to do is reach out to those people for follow-up related to the download because you have already started the conversation with them. Now you can reach out to them in, in relation to the download you already gave them. The next step is to make person-to-person connection to continue the conversation about what the download was all about. In this, you aren't simply inviting them to church. You are inviting them to a conversation, maybe around coffee, maybe in the office, maybe a phone call, but you're not simply inviting them to church in this next follow-up. You're inviting them into a conversation about what they read about. But also, let's just be honest, don't, (laughs) don't hesitate to invite them to church either. Make sure you do that as well. And if they are not local, Be intentional about continuing the conversation and try to get them connected with another local church. So here's my question that I want to end this episode on today, all right? What pipeline will you start working on this week to help your website visitors become engaged, potential church attenders, maybe follow Jesus, follow through in baptism, and then become members of your church? If you do not have pipeline one in place, a plan your visit page, start there. If you don't have a pipeline two where you're having events and getting pre-registration, this now granted, this is when you don't necessarily need to have. So if you have pipeline number one and don't have pipeline number two, I still would challenge you to lean into pipeline number three really hard. You already have so many different sermons where you've answered so many people's questions. Simply go back through those sermons, create a really short ebook. Like, I mean, dude, don't even make it 80 pages. People ain't going to read that. Literally, it could be like you have a question, one page answer per question that they have or different evidence that they have in there. Keep the ebook short, keep it brief, 
Keep it engaging and don't make it look just like a PDF. Put a little design flair into it. Use Canva to do that. Go to fiverr.com and hire someone to create a little infographic for you for that book. Or shoot, you could even hire me to help you out. I definitely would love to help you out with this pipeline as I help so many other clients that I do with this. But pipeline number three, I think is an untapped resource where if people are leaning on your website as cold leads from social media posts or from visitors and you engage them right where they are at right now, in exchange for their contact information, that can help you completely revolutionize how you do follow-up in your community and hopefully have more life-on-life connections to have more real in-person conversation because the purpose of the website is to go from website visitor to in-person attendee or in-person connection or get people into the faith community that is your church. Well, guys, just like always, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you here at the Small Church Media Podcast. If you did not know already, we have a free resource library over at smallchurch.media where you can sign up for the free mini course to create sermon series graphics for your church using all free tools. There's a free downloadable PDF audio, or a down free, <laughs> boop, free downloadable website audit that's a PDF that you can put your website through. Now, I, I just want to be honest with you. This is not a super duper audit. This is a really, really, really quick audit just to make sure you're doing the basic things correct. There's also social media graphics and sermon graphics. And check this out. If you use one of those graphics or anything anywhere, I would love to know about it. So email me at at hello at smallchurch.media. And I would love, love, love to see you guys use resources from the Small Church Media Library all over your church. I would absolutely love it. But do me a favor, send this. I I think this episode, I mean, I'm just being honest, is a game changer for for small churches because if small churches can step up, do pipeline number three, and we can lead the way in this type of communication, we can touch so many more people's life. And this doesn't cost a whole lot of money. It just costs a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of time to do it. So let's do this pipeline number three. And if you want more help with that, again, feel free to email me at hello at smallchurch.media to do that. But send this episode on to another small church in your network or in your community. And let's constantly and keep using our website in media to reach more people for Jesus and hopefully continue to build the faith of our congregations at the same time. Come back same time, same place next week for another episode here on the Small Church Media Podcast where the game plan right now is advanced things that you can do with your website. Come back again, same time, same place. And until then, take it easy and we'll see you next time on the Small Church Media Podcast. Oh, and if you heard any screams at all, my kids just got out of school. (laughs) Seven kids, one house. Man, it's always root for noise. Anywho, I'll let you go. See you next time, guys. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.